0: Thanks for joining us for the Cultured Meat and Future Food Show. We're excited to have Shannon Theobald on today's episode. Shannon is a data-driven creative with a mission to create a better future by changing the way we produce and consume food. She's a jack of all trades specializing in consumer-backed business strategy, data analysis, marketing, and policy in the food industry. She has worked with innovative brands ranging from the multinational Illy Group to local high-growth accelerators. Now, she's rooted in the Bay Area food tech scene as a food tech growth hacker and consumer expert. She's also an author and a podcast host. Check out her book, Printing Your Dinner, and podcast, Big Food, Big Future. You could find these links in the show notes. Shannon's endeavors center around alternative protein and food tech. Which reduces harmful climate impacts of food production. Let's get started. Thanks for joining us on the Cultured Meat and Future Food Show. I'm excited to have Shannon Theobald as the guest for today's episode. Shannon, tell us a little bit about your background and when you started becoming interested in food technology.
1: Sure. So my journey with food starts when I was three years old, um, and I'm sitting in my kitchen. It's all 90s decorated, got some great pastels, and I'm eating pepperoni pizza. And I ask my mom, what is this made of? And she, for reasons we will never understand, says, oh, pepperoni is made out of butterfly wings. That just freaked me right out. Okay. At
0: three, three years <laughs> At old? three years old. Okay. Yeah, I
1: was like, nope, not having this. So after that, I decided to quit meat, cold turkey, just refused to eat it. Um, and, you know, my parents wanted me to eat, so they fed me other things. And it's been about 20 years now since then. Um, and so that really changed my life. Food has always been something on my mind ever since that point and so eventually when i got older i got the opportunity to work in the italian food market um, with illy group so that was super interesting gave me an international perspective i was working at a chocolate factory which would recommend was really amazing okay. and, and um, illy
0: is a big coffee mm-hmm. food that kind of company over in europe right yes okay mm-hmm.
1: Yes, so that's I-L-L-Y. They've got the little red square. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really gave me a global focus as well, which is something I continue to be interested in. Um, then in my junior year of college, I was given the opportunity to write a book, which is so amazing, changed the course of my life. Um, I knew I wanted to write about food because it's something that I had always been really passionate about, but I didn't know how to... Contribute something new to the conversation. Um, So I literally found biotechnology through a Google search, which I never would have expected, but I just kind of dove right in, did a crash course, immersed myself, um, and I really come at it from a consumer side. So my educational background is in consumer psychology, and um, after that, In my book and in my other projects i've really tried to explore how will biotech and food impact our humanity and our the way we interact with food Um, and so next up i'm really excited to just continue exploring that as we get closer and closer to bringing uh, biotech food products to market
0: cool so let's dive Mm -hmm. a little bit deeper into your book um, so, the book is entitled Printing Your Dinner Personalization in the Future of Food. So, maybe walk us through your inspiration for that topic specifically and really what that book is all about. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so Printing Your Dinner explores the human side of biotech's advent in food. Um, and it's focused on food as a connector. So, food inherently is something that brings people together. It always has been. And I wanted to explore what bringing cell-based, what bringing 3D printing, uh, plant-based, all different types of food tech will do to that relationship with food. So what will it mean for us as individuals, for small producers, for the international food scene? It's really a story about people. And that's what I hope the book will contribute to the movement what i hope it has and will continue to is a human perspective and encouraging consumers and companies alike to really take a step back and look at the role that their food plays in our society as a whole
0: so um you have a psychology background Mm -hmm. how did you tap into some of the resources in the food space Uh, to kind of help you facilitate the writing of the book
1: yes so it was definitely a journey learning all of the science behind that I did it largely interview based which I think is the best way to learn Uh, just talking to people and even getting hands-on experience sometimes so I interviewed people interested in just cellular biology not having anything to do with food Um, In medicine, I interviewed people who work in traditional food, like Coke, Tyson, that kind of thing. Um, And I tried to get a really broad spectrum there and then synthesize those perspectives. Um, And that was a really interesting exercise for myself, too, because I obviously came in with a somewhat narrow knowledge of the food world. Just... Having experienced what I have experienced, um, and so it gave me a really great perspective as to what's out there and how everything fits together in one system.
0: So um, I'm going to be talking about cultured meat, but also plant-based meat. Yes. Uh, so let's first talk about cultured meat. When you know, and you're pretty well connected to the cultured meat scene. You've spoken to different people that are um, involved. And so when did you first hear about cultured meat as someone who has not eaten meat for a very long time? Mm -hmm. Is that something you would try? Uh, And what are your thoughts about cultured meat in general?
1: Yes, well, first off, I am a huge supporter of cultured meat. I think about this so much, you know, I don't know if I would eat it, but that's mostly for health reasons and also the fact that I would get sick um because i haven't eaten meat in so long but i honestly think it would be like a spur-of-the-moment decision like there's a plate of fried chicken in front of me all right cultured fried chicken cultured fried chicken okay of course i'm like all right i'm gonna do this
0: and you you said you would get sick just because you haven't had it in a very long time right your body's Mm. not used to it now yeah
1: so the body forgets quote-unquote how to digest meat um and yeah not a good feeling (laughs) um yeah Sorry, what was the other part of that question?
0: Well, I, I think you answered it pretty mm-hmm. well. Uh, more of just like your thoughts on it. So, yeah. and you're definitely a supporter, which is which is great. Um, and so let's kind of change the topic to plant-based. Yes. There's a lot of people that are very interested in mm-hmm. plant-based foods right now, specifically because of the success that Beyond Meat has had in the market. And so what are your thoughts in terms of cultured meat versus plant-based meats and looking into that type of, future food technology for many years to come do you Mm -hmm. think that cultured meat would be here to coexist with plant-based meat do you think that um, plant-based meat like impossible or beyond could potentially overtake the market and to kind of add a little bit more load to the question do you think that you could imagine a world where the animal agriculture system that we have today it will be non-existent Mm -hmm. so
1: I'm all for a continuum in terms of plant-based, traditional, and cultured. Um, And I actually see the success of Beyond and Impossible and all the plant-based players out there as really important to the future success of cultured meat because it's kind of an entry point for people into non-traditional types of meat, especially for meat eaters. Um, I read an article a few weeks back that something like 90% of Beyond's customers actually eat meat.
0: Right, yeah, yeah. I heard about that too. Yeah. It was a crazy number. Mm
1: -hmm. And I think that's such a great sign for cultured meat, for all types of non-traditional production because it's a sign that people are getting more comfortable with the idea of eating meat besides that which came off of a cow or a chicken. Um, And I don't think that we'll see the traditional meat industry completely overtaken for some time. Um, I think if that does happen, it will simply be a business decision um, in terms of profitability.
0: To switch over. To switch over. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, I would love to see that. <laughs> but I think for now, our first goal should be getting people... Uh, involved in alternative protein in whatever way that may be whether uh, blended or flexitarian diet um, and not trying to fight the traditional meat industry so much as work with them as partners in creating a more sustainable protein
0: great Mm -hmm. um and so let's see there i'm just trying to think there Mm -hmm. was kind of a follow-up that i wanted to have but i think maybe now is a good time to shift over to the the, um, uh, biotech plus food equals future. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you have a a big network now of, uh, well, I guess, let's see. I'll phrase it as um, you are running a networking group, professional group, uh, biotech plus food equals future. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about what that is, the inspiration behind it, and how you're growing that network.
1: Absolutely. So I got the idea for that last summer, about a year ago, actually. Um, And I was out here. It was my first time in San Francisco, actually, uh, because I just finished school in May. And I was really involved in the alternative protein space and the future food space. There were so many exciting events going on, but I noticed that there was nothing continually bringing people together. There would be an isolated event that was amazing and another one that was amazing, but there was no united link behind that, so to speak. So I wanted to provide a more informal space for people to come together to just unite the community. That was the goal. And we had our first event in November of last year. In-person event? It was both in-person and digital. Okay. Yeah and that was a bit ambitious, I will say. I I underestimated the level of complexity required to coordinate a digital conference, but um, it went really well. It was discussion-based, and the goal is just to talk about whatever area is of note at that point, so that was when all the FDA regulation was coming out, so we talked about that, which you can see on the website, all the recordings of our discussions. And moving forward after that, um, we had one more event in February, which went well. And now that I'm out here in San Francisco full time, I'm considering how I should transition this, right? It was both digital and in person because I was based on the East coast, but now with so much of the future food scene out here, I'd love to do more face-to-face events, Um, and I'm just thinking, you know, what will be most useful to my audience? Uh, How can I serve the community best? So if anyone listening has any ideas about what you would like to see, please let me know. Um, I'm also really interested in bringing in international perspectives because A, international future food players are in this area a lot. Love to interact with them and B, just like everything else in our world, food is globalizing and I am really interested in the exchange of ideas between different countries in spite of slash because of the differences in regulation. I think that those differences can provide kind of a spark for different avenues of innovation that we might not think of because it's not how our system is set up. So. In summary, uh, an informal place for people in Future Food to gather to talk about topics of note at the time. Um, Bit in transition right now, but hoping to get things really started up here on the West Coast.
0: Let's talk content. So you have a newsletter, you have videos that you release talking to different food tech professionals, biotech professionals. Why is it so important to be a content creator in this day and age?
1: absolutely well first and foremost because everything moves so fast uh, especially in our field you know things are changing on the daily and we need to be able to evolve with that to really contribute to the field you need to be showing up every day um, and sharing your thoughts and just remaining part of the conversation is vital to be a part of the future even more than that um Connection is really important, both in food, as I mentioned before, and just in the world today. So finding ways to really interact with your connections, whether it's over LinkedIn, over Instagram, um, phone calls, just bringing the online, offline. Uh, Fostering real human connection is what makes this real, I think. And because future food tech is something that will so directly impact all of us because environmental problems and sustainability are things that are really imminently impacting us, it's so vital that we make that human connection to make it real um, and to help people care
0: what next-gen food technology are you personally most excited about
1: yeah i'm really interested in blending um which is interesting because no i would not eat that (laughs) personally as a vegetarian but uh, blending is the combination of plant-based and traditional meat for context Um, so you've got people like better meat co Um, and some other companies involved as well. And the reason I think that that's so important is because it serves as a great entry point similar to how Beyond and Impossible have. And I think that this could be an avenue for people who don't necessarily want to eat a plant-based burger for whatever (laughs) preconceived reasons they have. Um, You know, like I mentioned before, the goal here is getting everyone on board in some way to the quote unquote, future food revolution, um, it's helping everyone take a stake in the future of our food system. And blending will bring in a whole new demographic of people.
0: A lot of people that are very mission aligned and either mm-hmm. cultured meat or plant based meat, they feel like blending is like, like a half assed solution, yep. literally, right? Yep. Um, and so what do you think about kind of that type of skepticism when it comes to blending.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I sympathize with that, you know, as a vegetarian, as someone who's been committed to this for a long time, I definitely see where they're coming from. What I would counter is that, you know, for so long, plant-based communities have been very separate from the rest of the food world. And there's a stigma that goes both ways um, from meat eaters to plant-based people and from plant-based people to meat eaters. There's a lot of judgment, there's a lot of feelings involved and it gets messy. And I think that we need a halfway point to bring those groups together. So it's really important for plant-based advocates to recognize that in order to achieve their mission of creating uh, more sustainable, less animal-based future. They need to kind of extend that olive branch.
0: I like to think of it as the Prius yeah, before exactly. the, the Tesla comes yeah. out. So I, it I it that. may be a necessary step. Mm-hmm. So for those of the for those of us that want to get into food tech um, or any type of biotech, even. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have for them in terms of resources or things that they should be doing, anything on the table?
1: Yeah, so first of all, I would say it's not as intimidating as it seems <laughs> as someone who had next to no scientific background. Um, yeah, <laughs> just honestly take the first step, start getting involved, start attending events and talking to people. This is still a pretty small community, so everyone is going to be really interested in bringing you in, in helping you find your place in the community. Secondly, I would say that everyone has something to bring to the table, right? We all have unique experiences, unique backgrounds. And because food is something that impacts literally every single person on the planet, no matter what your expertise is, there's a way to use it for the future food movement.
0: I'm gonna throw a bonus question at you. Yeah. If you had to make an investment. If you were mm. heading up a, a food tech VC fund, yeah. you had to make an investment in either one sector or one company. What mm. would it be?
1: Gosh, <laughs> I we think, have some audience oh, yeah, members I know. trying We've to got some <laughs> bias in the room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I think that I would actually go for a com. I would like to see a company that does. That continuum. And this isn't something I've seen yet, but because I'm sure logistically it'd be really difficult, but someone who's doing plant based, blended, um, and cell based to give consumers a wide range of options and capture the largest market share. Um, and my advice would be obviously start with one <laughs> protein, um, but that would be my kind of dream company.
0: Shannon, thank you so much. Where can we learn about biotech plus food equals future?
1: Yes. So you can learn about biotech plus food equals future at biologicalfoodtech.wixsite.com slash info. And you can also find a link for that on my LinkedIn because it's a mouthful.
0: (laughs) Okay, great. Awesome. Thank you so much. Do you have any last insights for our listeners today?
1: Yeah, I would just like to say, um, you know, no matter who you are, or what industry you work in, I would really encourage you to take some time to reflect on you know, what brought you here, why you care about what you do and how can you be more mission driven in that work.
0: Shannon, thank you so much for being a guest on the Cultured Meat and Future Food Show.
1: Thank you, Alex.